What's up and welcome to the Active Amputee Podcast. Everything people with a limb difference need to live an active and exciting lifestyle. I'm Bjorn Eser, the founder of and shaker and maker behind the Active Amputee. And you're listening to episode number 17 and episode number 17 is all about traveling with a limb difference. Yes, a new year and the Active Amputee kicks off 2021 with a new service. Hands-on travel advice, making it easier for people with a limb difference to travel far and wide and with confidence. Looking back over the three and a half years since I set up the Active Amputee, People have often approached me with questions in relation to travel issues. Small questions for short weekend trips early on after an amputation, as well as more complex ones in relation to long journeys out in the wild and far away from any power supply, any prosthetist or any other health service. If you have been following my blog for some time, you know that I love traveling. Anything from a small day trip close to home to the month-long journey into the unknown in places I have never been to before. I'm fortunate enough that my work brings me to a range of amazing locations. In addition, I like to be out and about in my spare time. Sometimes alone, sometimes with my family, sometimes with friends. For me, setting out on a journey is a thrilling experience and one I always look forward to. I love the excitement and I feel alive through the uncertainty that comes with it. But I also know that traveling as a person with a limp difference can be scary. You are leaving an environment you know, an environment which often has been adapted to your needs and your level of mobility, an environment which is accessible, and instead you are heading for the unknown. What do I have to be aware of before my actual journey? How will I be treated during the security check at the airport? Do I need special permits or papers for my prosthesis or any other device? How about my medication? Are there special cultural norms, discrimination or stigma around disability in the country I travel to? How about skin issues in hot, humid, tropical places? Will the climate or the food affect the fit of my socket and thus the way in which I can or cannot use my prosthesis? And what if the worst case happens, if my prosthesis breaks down while I'm abroad? Do I need to take simple spare parts like a second valve, a spare liner and the like? These are just some of the questions people with a limb difference are confronted with when setting out on a longer journey. All these questions, all these uncertainties can be very intimidating. But it doesn't have to be. With the right preparation, tested advice and a trusting mindset, traveling can be great fun and a really rewarding experience, no matter your level of ability. And this new service of the Active Amputee sets out to encourage people with a limb difference to travel. It sets out to assist them with hands-on advice. And it sets out to showcase what is possible. Throughout my life, I have traveled far and wide, all in all to more than 40 countries. 
all of them after I had been diagnosed with cancer as a teenager, back in the 1980s. Some of them I have visited with a weak leg as a result of a massive endoprothesis that had replaced my tibia. Most of them I experienced as an independent traveller with an above-knee amputation, using public means and carrying all of my own luggage in a backpack. In six of them, spread over four continents, I lived for extended periods of times. So I think I can draw on a wide range of experiences, and I would love to share these experiences with you. So let me get practical. I know we're in the middle of a lockdown and maybe talking about traveling far and wide, about globetrotting, about exploring new places isn't really the right time right now. But then again, I think we're all dreaming about the next big trip, about getting out of the lockdown, about exploring something new. So let me start to prepare you for your next big adventure. What does it actually mean to be globetrotting with a microprocessor knee? What kind of preparation does it need? My last longer trip was to Nigeria, another destination that is not often visited by European or North American tourists and that normally doesn't make it into the top 10 of go-to places of fellow globetrotters or the travel trends of the year recommendations of the leading guidebooks. But visiting these far-flung places has its own charm and it surely brings its own rewards. Travelling off the beaten track can be tricky and needs a bit of preparation, especially if you're an amputee. Even more so if you're lucky enough to use a high-end microprocessor knee or other fancy gear. And I know, especially in the beginning, some of these challenges seem intimidating and keep people with a limb difference from traveling. As I'm regularly being asked about travel tips and travel-related life hacks, let me share some of them. I hope they inspire you to ignore your worries and explore this beautiful planet of ours. My personal travel style. Before I get into the actual tips, I would like to share a bit of background information about how I normally travel. This will help you understand my choices when it comes to travel preparation and how I deal with these challenges. As many of you probably already know, I like to travel with little luggage. I enjoy public transport and I prefer being on foot to almost any other modes of transport. This has implications for the way I prepare myself and how I take care of my residual limb, my socket and a prosthesis while on the road. In addition, I am often on business trips to Asia and Africa, again mostly off the beaten track and in remote areas. While these trips are easier to plan, they come with their own implications for the way I prepare and how I travel once I'm in the country. So here are my tips. Many of them are based on my own experiences from over a decade of traveling extensively in over a dozen countries on four continents. Other tips are from my prothetist, from other amputees and support organizations. Have a look at them and see what suits your needs and fits your travel style. Use the ones that make sense to you and skip the ones that don't. So here are my travel tips and life hacks. A few weeks before the trip. And right away I must confess that I do not do any of the following points, but I know from conversations with others that these prep points are standard for many amputees. 
Point number one, talking about documents. Clarify whether the following documents are helpful or even necessary for your journey. If yes, make sure you apply for them in advance and you carry them in a way that you can easily reach them when necessary. This might be a prosthesis passport, basically a stamped and signed document you can get from your prosthetist. It states that you're an amputee, explains your need for an artificial limb, often lists the very model you're using, including the serial number and other identifiers. This can be quite helpful when passing through security at airports. In addition, it might be good to have a supporting letter from your doctor or hospital. This is another stamped and signed document explaining your situation. If used in combination with your prosthesis passport, this can make things much easier when passing through security at the airport, especially for items that are not listed in your prosthesis passport, like a cover, spare parts and the like. An additional letter from your doctor or prosthetist regarding additional equipment. If you need special tools, sprays or similar aids or travel with a special equipment like a sports prosthesis in your carry-on luggage, make sure you have these listed and explained in the above-mentioned letter. Help with boarding or early boarding at the airport. Almost all airlines offer early or assisted boarding for people with disabilities. Make use of these opportunities if you have the feeling they help you to take the stress out of the journey. Do not hesitate to ask for assistance. Airline staff are generally very helpful and often go out of their way to make sure you feel comfortable. If you're not sure what the airline can actually offer, ring them up in advance and find out. The next one is especially for traveling within or to the United States of America. Here it might be worth registering with a transport safety authority, so that's a TSA. In theory, this should make things easier when passing through security. Experience from fellow amputees are mixed. Some say it really helped. Others reported that it doesn't change a thing. The Amputee Coalition has good information about the registration process that is needed in advance on its homepage. I will put a link in the show notes. For longer flights, for longer train journeys or bus rides, think about how comfortable you are sitting for extended periods of time and, as we all know, often in pretty uncomfortable seats. Think about taking an additional pillow or other items you can use to add additional cushioning to the seat and support the prosthesis in the ideal position. Try them out in advance and see what works for you. And one last point, consider taking crutches in case you want to remove the prosthesis during a long flight, during a train journey or bus trip. Again, as I said, I think all this is worth thinking about, but don't overthink it. Just give it a try and see what works for you. I, for example, don't use any of the above-mentioned tips and I travel fine. But I know for others, it really takes stress out of the preparation and makes traveling easier and more enjoyable for them. So see what feels right for you and then just go with your gut feeling. The next ones are for directly before the trip. A really important one for me is to fully charge the prosthesis. Hardly anything catches more of the attention from the airport security personnel than a beeping or blinking electronic device that sets off the metal detector. Hardly anything makes fellow passengers on a plane more nervous than a beeping sound from underneath a layer of clothes worn by a person in the neighboring seat. Trust me, you will attract more attention than you ask for. So make sure your leg or your arm is fully charged. Take all the necessary charges you need 
and adapters for the sockets or the power outlets in the country you are traveling to. And make sure they are in your hand luggage. If you have an unexpected layover or miss a connecting flight, you want to make sure you can charge your prosthetic device again. If there's an app for your prosthetic device, make sure you install it, have the device paired and tested. Putting a high-end leg or other prosthetic limb in hibernation mode can help saving batteries and increase the chances you still have power when reaching your final destination. On a completely different note, less high-end, less tacky, I always take other cream and calendular lotion with me on longer flights. This helps me to prevent shave marks and sore or open spots on the residual limb as a result of extended periods of sitting. And it's a cheap option that you can try. Now we come during the journey itself. One of the main worries in many of the areas I travel to are voltage fluctuations. They are a real problem in many African and Asian countries and they can kill your prosthetic device. Especially if the power comes back after a power failure or if you are in an area with scheduled load shedding. That's a real worry and I must admit that I damaged one of my microprocessor knees during loading in one of the African countries I visited. Ask in the hotel if they have special sockets with uh, surge protection. Maybe they have some protected power outlets where their own computers are connected. There may also be a so-called UPS, that's a universal power supply unit, where the prosthesis can be charged. The next one is problems during the rainy season. Suddenly flooded streets can be a real problem. And in tropical countries this might only take a few minutes until it's a real problem. I always have a waterproof kayaking bag with me. It's small enough to fit in any of my backpacks. If you need it, just step into it with your pathetic leg, pull it up to your knee or your thigh, cross a flooded road, take it off and pack it up again and you go on. Not particularly chic, I admit, but a simple solution that has always worked for me. So what else? What do I always have with me when I travel? Well, first and foremost, there's the Allen key. Then there's other cream and lotion. Then the blister plaster. Then I normally take uh, gaffer tape or duct tape. I normally have a spare valve for the socket, a second seal in ring for the liner. And as many of you know, I often take quite a lot of cut out parts from old liners to compensate for volume fluctuations. And now that it's on the market, I take the USB charging device. So much for today. I hope these travel advices really helped you and gave you some ideas on how to best prepare for your next trip. And as I said, the Active Amputee is currently building up a resource page to provide more hands-on tested advice, to give you checklists and to make sure you feel comfortable and maybe find the courage to travel to places you've never been before. Great, if you have any questions, please let me know. Visit the Active Amputee for more advice and I see you all for the next show. Until then, stay safe and all the best. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the new episodes. And I would really appreciate it if you leave me a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to learn more about the Active Amputee, make sure to head over to www.theactiveamputee.org where you find hundreds of articles from amputees for amputees. Articles filled with inspiration, information and encouragement to be active and live a rewarding life. I see you all again for the next episode. Until then, all the best. This is Bjorn from The Active Amputee.